This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Nathan made me watch Surviving Christmas. To be fair, you've made me watch much worse. I defy you to name a lesser film. Hollywood Homicide made me crivers. Okay. Then there was also Ben and Arthur. That's fair. Also Nine Lives as well. Alright, alright. Maybe we can just wrap it up. I get it. Pearl Harbor was three hours of pure hell. Okay, somebody cue the theme song. Somebody. Then I had to You know when I pick a movie That's when I'm That's why I'm glad the Beatles broke up. Wow. Guys, if you missed the middle, uh, it, that, that song is actually about six minutes long. I, I, I was actually, I was on a roll there. I was like, good, yeah. good riffing and uh, some, some good, uh, some rhyming couplets. It was really good. Um, but uh, they'll, they'll hear all of it. Don't worry. Oh, like, I, won't, good. I won't edit any of it oh, out. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, yeah, good. No, they'll, they'll hear the whole thing from start to finish. Mm. Good. Uh, I am Brendan. I'm Nathan. And you're listening to What Were They Thinking? Mm-hmm. It would be great if we just did an all-musical podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I am ben classically trained. Affleck and James Gandolfini. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara's there too. Everyone was amazing. Too bad the script wasn't. <laughs> when there was one to be had. <laughs> yeah, folks, we're talking about the 2004 quote-unquote comedy, uh, <laughs> Surviving Christmas, starring Ben Affleck and uh, the the late James Gandolfini. Don't forget Udo Kier is in there. Because you, you can't or, have a Christmas movie without Udo Kier. <laughs> nothing, nothing warms my heart like Udo Kier. His, that's his warm uh, German visage. Yeah, he's on screen for conservatively forty-five seconds. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie, though. <laughs> it's one of it's one of the strangest parts of the movie that's, as well. Why it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. So, yeah. We're going to talk about surviving Christmas. Of course, it is December, and uh, we are going to have a uh, two Christmas Christmassy movies this month. It'll be a holly jolly good time. Uh, yeah, this was Nathan's first choice. Um, this film. Now, before we, of course, jump into it, we got a little bit of background to go through here. Um, the movie was directed by Mike Mitchell, who you may not know by name, but he previously wrote for SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, that and- explains that. Yeah, there's an appearance by Tom Kenny, right? Yeah, in the first of the movie. I was like, that's Tom Kenny. What's what's Bob doing in this movie? And 
ironically enough, this movie was set to open at the same time as the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, and that is why they pushed it to October. So it was a Christmas movie in October. Yeah, that's funny because they actually uh, they made light of that uh, when Affleck hosted Saturday Night Live I, that year. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. Yeah, they made light of why would you release a Christmas movie in October? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he said something like "Surviving Christmas is out right in time for Christmas in October" or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was actually uh, a sketch where Fred Armisen uh, was uh, oh, doing yeah. a character when they were making uh, Gili, and yes. uh, he kept he kept harassing Affleck during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's good, good on him for making fun of it too. Yeah. Um. So he, he uh, Mike Mitchell also directed the classic film Deuce Bigelow. Um, as, as well as the uh, the short lived uh, TV show Greg the Bunny. Oh, I like the, that. <laughs> it, it definitely it definitely is like a cult show. Yeah, it had its moments. Um, the, however, the writers of this movie were known primarily for Josie and the Pussycats. Oh my God. <laughs> So we had some real, some real clashing of uh, different styles of filmmaking here. Um, t- so apparently there were a lot of clashing egos with the writers and the director. Um, so they brought on more writers basically at the eleventh hour, because <laughs> that always makes a movie better. Adding more writers, always, yeah. yeah. Not the only movie it's ever worked for was Apocalypse Now <laughs> in the history of the world. <laughs> So, here's the thing. The filming began without a finished script. Ooh. Danger. The the script was not done. DreamWorks realized uh, that this movie was going to end up, good or bad, it was going to end up a fucking mess. So, this is why they released it in October. Otherwise, they were going to be competing against, listen to this competition, The Incredibles, National Treasure. It was a huge hit, like as, as good or bad as it was. And, like I said earlier, ironically, Spongebob Squarepants, the movie, had a budget of $45 million. For this? It, $45 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm assuming 20 of it was Ben Affleck? <laughs> uh, well, Gandolfini was also at a kind of a peak with his career, too. So, they, he probably would have, they probably would have paid some coin for him. So, did you, did you see what it grossed? No, I, I did not. Okay. Worldwide, it grossed $15 million. Oh. Do you want to take a, a guess at uh, where in the top ten it opened at the U.S. box office? Like, third? Seventh. Ouch. Opening weekend, seventh place. Who <laughs> boy. So we're starting off with a bang here. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, just going back to the whole idea about the script not being finished, uh, and that it was a lot of it was apparently there's a lot of improv in this movie. Gee, you really can't tell. Um, the only problem is there's only really one performer in this movie with a lot of improv experience, and that's Catherine O'Hara, and she barely does anything. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know this movie. Like I remember when I was when I picked this, and uh, you were like, "Oh boy!" And I I told a couple other people that that was gonna be our next movie, and, and they were like, "Oh oh my god, good best of luck with that because that movie is." And I remember watching it on DVD when it came out, and I was like, "Is this the movie that everybody hated?" Like 
it's not terrible. It's not good. It's just kind of, you know, forgettable. Yeah. You know, it, it's well, it's it's a toss away kind of movie. Um but I don't I don't never understood the uh, the hatred that this got because at least everybody in the movie was trying. I will tell you I will say too that my gut reaction after watching it the first time. Yes, again, I do watch everything twice and sometimes I pay the price for it. But um after the first time I did I did message you and say, "Oh my god, that was terrible." But I will say the second time it wasn't as as bad i think it's just because i was i for i don't know i don't know what it was just the first viewing was a lot harder to get through than the second time yeah i i, I it's guess a mess like, it it's, is it is definitely it's it's all over the place as far as the tone of the movie for sure yeah because there's parts in it where um it's just theater of the absurd and then they they have to bring it in for like you know a, a touching caring moment where everybody has to be kind of like good people and it, yeah. it's it's definitely a shift from what you was seeing in like the the previous scene uh and then you know what you're probably going to see in the next scene and here's the thing too it's um, it bugs me when a movie pretends like it has balls like this movie kind of does for the first little while like it's like oh we're going to be a little bit more edgy a little darker like it's pg-13 so it's not quite a family movie but then it kind of like it wusses out at the end. You have all um, that opening where everyone's like just being miserable. You got a, a shakedown there's a, Santa. There's a suicide. The lady sticks her head in the oven. There's an old woman who attempts to kill herself. SpongeBob <laughs> can't get his wrapping shit together and just throws his present right out the window. Right. Like that is in the first two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's just like. It's almost like why I appreciate movies like Bad Santa, because a movie like Bad Santa kind of establishes right away, okay, this movie is going to be dark, it's going to be, it's not going to take any prisoners, and we're not really going to, like, you know, sugarcoat it. Yeah, ever. yeah, There's and there's going to be very few redeeming qualities about anybody, and it's going to remain that way for the entirety of the movie. Yeah, and I've got no problem with, like, uplifting Christmas movies, but, it, again, this one, the tone is very problematic, which we'll get into, obviously. You think that could be the fact, though, I mean, that with the, you know, stew of writers that they had? Oh, God, no, that probably not. <laughs> you know, I, and I, 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 I'm guessing that, you know, the way things were going initially, it was going to be a situation where, you know, there's very little redeemable qualities to anybody, and uh, the studio or or somebody else was like, no, we gotta we gotta tick this up at the end. We need a we need to send the folks home happy. No one wants a depressing Christmas movie. Yeah, and but like there there are like parts like that throughout too a little bit. Like it, there there are weird moments in the movie where of like levity where you're just kind of like, well, that doesn't really fit, but all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so Let's... opening montage aside. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's dive into uh, Ben Affleck's uh, ad campaign years. Ad campaign for pre-spiked eggnog. <laughs> I, I did like the ad because it was a super honest ad. <laughs> yeah. I got a question, though. Like, this movie is supposed to take place, obviously, very close to Christmas at the beginning of the movie, right? Yep. Should he not be trying to pitch an, a Christmassy type ad, like, in July. This is true, because, you know, any ads that are going to be going to press or going to, I guess, air, uh, would be shot and put in the can, usually by August or September. 
uh, so they're ready to go when Christmas rolls around. Yeah. And then later, like, <laughs> when you see it, it, there's a scene where he's, like, drinking eggnog at home, and I almost thought for a second that that was the eggnog he pitched earlier. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> it wasn't? I thought it was. Was it? I thought it was. And the same. How is that even possible? Well, it was the same, um, like, the same shape of bottle and everything. It's wow. the, Here's the thing, like, it could be a pre-existing um, product, and they just wanted a new ad campaign for the Christmas year, or Christmas time of year. Um, sure. for next year because there's no way that thing's making it to air before Christmas. <laughs> I like to imagine though, again, as we mentioned the, the uh, script problems that could have just been a total oversight as well. Like, oh yeah, he's got that eggnog from earlier. That's funny. They, they do that sort of stuff a lot of times in movies where you'll see they'll they'll do something and anybody who even has like even a, a minor knowledge of how that system works whether it be advertising or mechanics or anything you you watch it and you're like wait a second i don't think this director knows how things work <laughs> yeah like math in yeah. law abiding citizen <laughs> exactly um okay so he makes his speech everyone looks like really bored by it but then afterwards apparently it's a huge success you wait you you're want us to tell our our clients the only way they can deal with their families is by drinking <laughs> no it's by drinking your product sir yeah yeah and then yeah i, th- I thought it was gonna be a whole like yeah nobody likes it but as soon as he leaves everyone, he's like oh i nailed it and everyone's like congratulations and you know he's supposed to be kind of scuzzy i mean yeah. really he's supposed to be a slime ball because he's you know he's an ad exec mm-hmm. and he is rich beyond belief yeah, yeah, he he he's definitely portrayed as a wealthy individual, that's for sure. Um uh so yeah, okay. So I think this is where we meet Missy. Yes. This is his girlfriend. Um and she's in his apartment which looks like a serial killer's apartment cuz it's it's super stark. Like it I mean Daredevil had more furniture. <laughs> Okay, and not not the Ben Affleck Daredevil, the Charlie Cox Daredevil from the Netflix series. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you didn't you haven't seen it, have you? I haven't seen the new Daredevil series, but Oof. I believed you when you said the Daredevil movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um okay, right off the bat, Missy is like uh, to me it's like a cliché like villainous female name in a movie. Yeah, and spoilers, it's revealed that she's she comes from money as well. I didn't, right. That didn't strike me in this scene. No. Well, no, because I think... I don't even think the writers knew when they wrote this scene. <laughs> That's a possibility. Because, yeah, she seems very down-to-earth. She's like, oh, I'm going to go visit my family and everything. And I'm just like, is this going to end up being one of the villains? <laughs> and, and that's, yeah, because she gives him grief because he he wants to go to Fiji with her. And she's On like, Christmas. at Christmas, Christmas is the family holiday. Yeah. And, like, I think... As crazy as his offer is, I think her reaction's a bit over the top. Well, I, I we don't know how long they've been going out. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's... Ben Affleck, in this movie, as a character, is at his absolute best and his absolute worst. Um, because, as I was watching the movie, and it's everything's kind of unfolding and stuff like that, if they're at a point where he wants to take her to Fiji away from her family for Christmas. 
he should have, at the very least, uh, revealed why he's not a big Christmas guy. Yeah. You know? You would think so. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, well, I can't tell you that stuff because there'd be no mystery in our relationship with that. Come on, don't be like that. <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, This whole movie is actually a Christmas episode of The Sopranos. <laughs> oh! Hey! Was the gobbledygook? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she basically breaks up with him at this point, and says, "I'm gonna go spend Christmas with my family. I think you should do the same." Yeah. Uh. So okay. So when we were talking about improv earlier, this is definitely a scene of some <laughs> of some crazy improv from Ben Affleck. I'm not gonna lie. I had fun watching this. Him making all his phone calls. At He's one, just calling around. At one point, he almost calls it Jewish Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. He, he makes some excellent points about babies as well. <laughs> How? They're no fun? Well, they're no fun. They just sit there and they drool and they poop on you. I mean... I mean, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to, like, have a conversation. <laughs> He's, like, just going on about how babies are awful. <laughs> well, because you, he's you, supposed Your to wife be... doesn't have to come. It could just be me and you. Right. Because he's supposed to be this irredeemable, shallow person, it fits perfectly, and it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I will, I will say right off the bat, I've got no problem. People give Ben Affleck grief as an actor from time to time. I think he's pretty solid in all... Basically everything he's been I've, in, Pearl I've, Harbor aside. Yeah, I've never had any real issues with uh, Ben Affleck as as an actor. No. You know, even the even the movies that are in are absolute terrible. You know what we should do next year? <laughs> Reindeer games. Oh boy, yeah, that's a Christmas one for you. That um, is a Christmas craptacular for sure. <laughs> um, but he's 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 got range. The guy can uh, the guy can deliver. I just I was I always felt that. He gets a lot of what Brad Pitt used to get back in the day, where yeah. he's like he's he's man pretty, so no one wants to take him seriously or or think he can act. Well, you know, it's a damn good thing he can direct because he might have still had that problem now. <laughs> True, um, I will say, uh, sad Affleck is the or lonely Affleck rather is the saddest Affleck in the world. Because when he, he can't get a hold of anybody to spend Christmas with, he is so sad, and it's like. Oh Ben, come on! Just dry your Benny. tears with your millions of dollars, and you know. But but I will say, for some reason, even though he is filthy rich, he cannot afford a decent TV tray. Yes, because as soon as he puts the egg knock down, it just buckles under. Just buckles underneath. Like, <laughs> why doesn't he have a table? Well, like, tables cost money. You don't make millions of dollars by throwing away money on tables. You're right. <laughs> Here's so you're a, saying the Dudley boys are rich, are not rich because they've broken so many of them. Well, they're not rich with money. I mean, okay. they're rich with, um, I guess, you know, love of fans. Oh, I thought you were going to say fuck money. <laughs> I was not going to say that. That's Virgil. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, and he's the gonna, wrestling references in the game. That's right. He's gonna And he's going to um, drown his sorrows or ease his pain with this eggnog. It's, it's, a, it's ten points. That's it. You're not gonna do too. You'd have he'd have to drink that whole bottle uh, in order to uh, crush the pain uh, of his wallowing sorrow. It is kind of funny too. Yeah, you mentioned it because you'd think like he'd be down in like bourbon or something. Yeah, it, it, there but, are wines are stronger than this eggnog. 
he's drinking like a mixed drink. Yeah. <laughs> Just to get make it more Christmassy, I guess. Yeah. Um. So basically, he uh, okay. So this is another uh, appearance by someone who probably is pretty good at improv comedy, but again, he's in this movie for about two minutes, oh. and that's Stephen Stephen Root. He is the best, playing... isn't he? Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Um, Steven Root as like uh, Ben Affleck's uh, no. I guess ex now ex yeah his ex girlfriend's therapist, therapist. Who, who, and, and like I'm sorry but even even his reaction at like you're Drew oh boy like I don't think that's even legal <laughs> I like the but I did like that exchange because again the the tone of this movie at the very first is holding where it should be everything is just absurd and and the people involved are kind of not very good. Yeah. You know, where he's like, he's almost talking about his, his patient. He's like, I really can't say anything after, he, you know, he's already said like, Oh my God, you, you're a disaster essentially. <laughs> yeah. And his horrible daughter. And, Oh, and he's like, how did you even find me? He's like, well, you know, I, I talked to your, um, was it your service? And he said, uh, incidentally, you should really either, um, hold a higher standard or, or, you know, or get better people. He's basically yeah. saying fire this person at Christmas time. I <laughs> just paid off yep. uh, was... your your people. You should probably fire them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then they have some like, oh, they have some terrible. I thought it was stupid anyway. That terrible gag about the his daughter going into the x-ray machine or something. Yeah, she crawls in after her uh, puppy slash teddy bear. Yeah. But anyway, he gives him the advice. He says, listen, write everything down. Write your grievances down on a piece of paper. Burn them and say, I forgive you. But he has to do it at a place that reminds him of his childhood. So he, where does he go? He goes to his, the house that he grew up in. Right. And pays a $72.50 cab fare yeah. to get there. He could have rented a car. <laughs> because think about it. <laughs> While he does end up staying there, after all this happens, his full intention was just to go there, take his grievances, burn them, and then leave. Mm-hmm. So it's seventy two fifty to get there. It's gonna be another seventy two fifty to get back. So you're looking at a uh, hundred and forty five dollars. He could have <laughs> rented a car for less. Yeah, I really don't understand, but I, I guess they're just harping on the whole thing where he just throws money away like it's nothing. He does that a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, to, like, to, uh, to comical lengths, which, I mean, it is a comedy, but it's almost even over the top for this movie. Yep. Um, this so is where we, we kind of get introduced to the family. Yeah, so we got James Gandolfini As basically the... playing Tony Soprano. Well, like... He's playing Tony Soprano, but he's a neutered Tony Soprano when you get right down to it, because Tony Soprano probably would have shot the guy. <laughs> I mean, instead of shooting him, he hits him in the head with a shovel and thinks he's killed him. <laughs> yeah, but then tends to him, like takes him inside, and, and they look at it. like he's playing that that kind of downtrodden, miserable uh, working class schlub. Yeah, uh, which is he he does masterfully. Oh yeah! Again, um, and, again, again. Nobody in this movie is necessarily bad. It's this is it's so weird. Like for the the last few movies that we've done, where you're like, "What a cast! Why didn't this movie work out?" Mm-hmm. Because you've got James Gandolfini's in it. He's fantastic. Catherine O'Hara is, uh, oh, amazing. 
One of the most underrated comedians, I think. Yes. Uh, ben Affleck's in there. Christina Applegate, you know, well post Kelly Bundy. So she's shown that she's got chops. She can act. Yep. Uh, a, a criminally underutilized Stephen Root is in there. Everything in this movie says it should work and should work well, but it doesn't. No. It's it's a mess. Like, it's just a mess, and I think that's more about behind the scenes than anything uh, in front of the screen. Yeah. But we'll get back oh. to it. He gets cranked over the head with a shovel while he's trying to burn his grievance list. <laughs> yeah, well, he does it right in front of this house. And, like, I'm sorry, Ben Aff, like, it, somebody else probably lives there, and if they're seeing you burn a pe- burn something in front of their house, they're probably going to react. Yeah, no, James Gandolfini was absolutely in the right in this one. I mean, I don't know about the shovel. Like, <laughs> the hey, type of reaction may have been You know extreme. what? It's it's the winter time. You take what's near. I mean, what are you going <laughs> to... Here's the thing. Maybe he doesn't want to kill the guy. He just wants to, to brain him, just to disable him. Shovel's a really good uh, tool for that, especially if you're hitting with the blunt side. Not the edge side, but the blunt side. You know, grab a bat and bash this guy's head in, or, you know, get a gun and shoot him, even though they are in Chicago. You just, you know, brain him. Brain him with it, a snow shovel. Like, like bad news, uh, brown would have tried to do to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um, I will say too, that when we said uh, th- that he's basically Tony Soprano, but you mentioned he's more neutered. Th- if this was Tony Soprano again, yes, he would have shot him and it would have been credits. The movie would be over. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. Well, got this morning. Got yourself a gun. hundred dollars. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, maybe it's, cr- it's, it's getting close to Christmas. Maybe they'll feel maybe, Maybe they'll feel some remorse. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he knocks out Ben Affleck with a shovel. They drag him in. He wakes up. Oh, we also forgot that we get we get a little glimpse of... Because uh, they have a son as well. <laughs> and he has a little bit of a predilection for internet porn. Yeah, well, you know, as, as one is wont to do, especially with dial-up connections in the late 90s. Yeah. And, <laughs> and late 90s, by the way, this movie's 2004. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the late 90s. Internet was like decent in 2004 yeah (laughs) but he um and when i say like a little predilection for internet porn i mean almost every scene he's looking at porn but in the and it's it's the worst kept secret in the family because gandolfini uh he's like you know we shouldn't have put that up there he's never getting out of his we shouldn't have put the computer in his room and and uh catherine harris like you know what that's it's gonna help him get a job someday he's like no one's ever gonna pay him for what he's doing up there (laughs) <laughs> yeah um to me too the reason i thought of tony soprano is when he was yelling at his son it just reminded me of him yelling at uh i forget his the kid's name but oh, always, aj yeah he always used to yell at him like pretty similarly to that well so, i mean i i you know what uh brandon wall uh i'm gonna fill you in with something uh it's an italian thing okay it's the it's the it's the italian intercom that's how that's how you were summoned to any room in the house uh, by your father. I mean, he is not as bad a child as AJ, but no, but it, it, he didn't. Ha- he wouldn't have to be. Here's the thing: yeah. they could be a perfectly loving, uh, functioning upper class family if they're Italian, and they need the child to come down for supper. It's hey, get down here! Supper's ready. Gamichi <laughs> gabaldigu. Like it's gobbledygool, okay? Gobbledygool, sorry. Right. Gobbledygoo is a different thing. I know. Gobbledygooker. 
Are you making a Survivor <laughs> Series 92 wow, reference? Wow, we are, we are just... 92? It was 92, wasn't it? 1990, because it was the same was year it? The Undertaker debuted. Oh, was it 90? I thought it was 92 for some reason. Everybody listening right now is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Hector Guerrero in a turkey suit. Who's and it was supposed great. to be uh, the San Diego chicken of the WWF. Look it up if you don't believe us. Yeah, read a book. Come on. <laughs> read a book. Um, okay, so anyway, Ben Affleck recovers, and basically he's like, hey, so this is my childhood home. Would you give me a tour of the house? And they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky stare. What have we, you know what we used to call this? The squeaky stare. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I feel I, like that actually, was an improv. Well, you know what? Probably. But I also feel that that's the point where she should have been like, get the fucking shovel again. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> because this man is clearly a psychopath. He is off his meds. <laughs> he is insane. Um, yeah. To the, especially the moment where he says, why don't I just live with you? I, I think that would be a good idea if I lived with you. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would be that would be cops immediately. Well, no, just give him a second, let him get to the two hundred fifty thousand dollars he's gonna give them to let him stay there for like three days. Two hundred and fifty thousand yep. dollars. So it's supposed to be over three days. Is that what it is? Something Appro- like approximately? Uh, approximately three or four days. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the contract that he got Clarence Mason to draw up. Because <laughs> there's a montage later, and. Um, it looks like it takes place over a like a long amount of time. Yes. Just based on like all the stuff that happens in it. There's like a lot of scenes and it just looks I was like, how long has he been there? Did he show up in like October and he's like, Listen, can I stay with your family till January? Well that's when the movie came out, so maybe. There you go. And that makes more sense with the eggnog pitch now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might be able to squeeze that in there. I, I think it's funny, like the uh like it's still what they're going for at this point. Uh, with him, if you can uh, ignore the fact that in a in a real life situation, you'd be like, you know, g- get the guys with the long sleeve coats for this dude. I like the fact that they're using the a gleeful, super happy individual versus, you know, clearly miserable people. Because mm-hmm. I mean that makes that does make for some good comedy. It can make for some good comedy. Here, uh, it gets. It's they just keep hitting that that one note, and they don't they don't really do too much of it. It's just him antagonizing uh, Tony Soprano. Yeah, like I don't want to say it flatlines, but it doesn't. The needle doesn't move a whole lot. No. Like there's not a lot. It's basically one one kind of idea the entire time. Well, because yeah, he trashes this the banister, and uh, you know. Uh, I'm gonna keep calling him Tony because I can't remember his name. Well, it's called Tony. Okay, so he, he trashes the banister, and, and and Tony's like, "You broke my banister." Yeah, sorry. No, don't worry. I'll take care of it. <laughs> and then he goes and he eats the last of the salami. He's like, "He ate the last of my salami." Oh yeah, it was really good. Oh, did you? And it's just him, you know, just needling him, not intentionally, but the entire time. And then of course. Tony's got to deal with the the whole thing with I agreed to this. Yeah. Because Which, they make a point that he agreed to this without consulting the wife. But you know what? I'm conflicted on that one cuz $250,000. Yeah, my wife and I had the exact same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think like once 
they found out the amount, they might be better off. Better well, off I also made a good point to Patty when, when she asked me that. I was like, if I was the size of James Gandolfini and Ben Affleck was not Batman, um, yeah, I'd do it because I could probably take him in a fair fight. Yeah, like I if, mean, if you've things, already hit him yeah, in the head with a shovel. Right. If things kind of went south, I'd be able to take this guy down. And so uh, it's win-win. Either I get $250,000 or I, you know, uh, kill this person who tries to kill my family. <laughs> it's only <laughs> two ways a... that's going. There's no other there's no other way that that, that situation's going. Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Exactly. You've, mm-hmm. you've got your uh, your sheer strength as Tony Soprano. Like, you don't have much to worry about. Right. Um. Did you, were you... I get, I get that he's like renting this family, and that's the whole idea. But I was a little off. Put. It, it kind of irked me a little bit every time he called them mom or dad. That was weird. That was. Re- okay. I, I, I'm surprised. He, um, they, especially uh, Tony, with the way he was, he'd be like, "No, we're not going. We're not doing that." But yeah. it might have been in the, um, might have been the contract. Well, that's another. That's another um, joke that gets played up a lot in this movie. Is that every time something happens. And they uh, they don't want to do it. Ben Affleck will say, "Hey, it's in the contract." Right. So, like the thing with the Santa hat, because he says that you know it's in the contract that you have to wear the Santa Claus hat, like my dad did when we're shopping for a Christmas tree, which clearly tells you that in this contract there is a Santa Claus. Brumch. C L A U S E. Clause, like in a contract, like Santa. Boom! Claus. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, okay, so he's living with them now. We had the slow-motion salami scene. Oh, but we also went to get to the next part where they go shopping for the Christmas tree. The he Why doesn't Ben Affleck help him? I thought that was weird too, cuz he's supposed to be trying to in in enjoy a, a full Christmas experience. Why won't he help dad put the tree up onto the car so they can drive it home? Is it because he's like acting like a child? I, you know what I, but I, it goes to, well, spoilers. It goes to the, the fact that he never really had that experience with his dad, so maybe he doesn't know how to act in that situation. Yeah, and and Tony even calls for his real son to come out and help him, and he just sits there. He's because he's drawing uh, naked ladies on the window. <laughs> Patty thought that was hilarious. I just think it's like the movie really hammers that home. Like, <laughs> no, I get it. He he he's he likes obsessed. Porn. Yes, he likes he likes the naked women's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we go back and we get the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. They're doing there, but before we light it up, got to well- sing "Oh Christmas Tree." Oh, yes. <laughs> It's not that bad of a scene. I'll give it that. It it was that actually that is where uh, a situation where uh, the overly gleeful person doing something with a long suffering person does drive home some good comedy. Yeah, because Affleck is super into singing this Christmas tree, and Gandolfini's like, yeah, "Oh Christmas tree, oh Christmas tree, you stand they... in forest beauty." And I think they have a, 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 there's a clever, quick little moment here where uh, Tony actually corrects Affleck on one of the lyrics. Yes. 
Because, uh, he says uh, summer snow for some stupid reason. Yeah, and then Tony corrects him, and then Affleck kind of smiles that he corrected him. Like he's right. happy about that. Well, because he sings the he sings the summer part in the next verse, and he's like, "You're right." That's what the that look said to me. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So we like the Christmas tree, um, and then uh, Christina Applegate shows up because that newsflash this family also has a daughter and she's the well-adjusted one yes and she is looking she is looking good she looks fantastic and as she's it's it's funny because everybody else in the house who who lives in the house proper not ben affleck um look defeated miserable (laughs) absolutely uh, like i said before long-suffering she shows up she's put together She's got her, you know, uh, upper middle class look going on. She's clearly a, a professional, successful woman. I don't know. <laughs> she was the only one who managed to dive into the deep end of the gene pool in this situation. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I do like, uh, well, actually, when I when she showed up, I just wrote down the note, we are Christina Applegate, because her reaction to everything is basically ours. Yes, because like, she can't why are believe you doing this? this. Exactly, yeah. You are a bunch of psychopaths. <laughs> Can somebody please say something that makes sense? <laughs> and I did get a, I did get a genuine laugh here. Um, maybe it was just Affleck's delivery. But when she shows up and he says something along the lines of like, well, I never had a sister before, so this is bullshit. Yes, I actually have that too. This is some bullshit right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is some <laughs> bullshit right here. I got, this is a pretty funny one. And he keeps trying to make her Hispanic for some reason. Yeah, that was weird. Because she was like, <laughs> well, maybe you can be the maid, Consuelo. <laughs> and, and at this point, Catherine O'Hara is the first one who's kind of trying to help more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, help Affleck. Because she's like, ah, you're my long-lost love child. Yes. And, and well, I mean, I think that... Well, I mean, obviously she wants the $250,000, but... Yes. Uh, be, they're... For her... Um, and I don't want to read too much into these characters because I I'm good, I know what's gonna happen. It's like we're gonna read I'm gonna read all this stuff into them, and you're gonna be like Nathan. I think you're putting far too much uh, thought into these these people. I don't think they're drawn that deeply. But <laughs> she she comes across as she is she's sad. She wants more out of the situation that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, like she goes for the like later when she goes for the the photo shoot and. And uh, Affleck tells her that she's beautiful, and she's she's really taken by that. It's almost like no one talks to her or about her like that anymore. And that I think that's what she's kind of trying to do here is she's she's trying to help him because by helping him, she, I think she's gonna help herself. You know what? I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that you're looking too deep into it, but I will say that this is probably the most thought. These, this script has ever gotten, and that includes the people who wrote it. Well, I, I, here's the thing that with this movie, I feel that a lot of people put the hate behind is because it's it's a very cynical movie. Like the characters, uh, like Gandolfini and Hera and all them, their characters are very miserable. And I think the problem with with it is that a lot of people who may have seen it kind of saw a bit of themselves in it and don't care for that yeah i mean that's what certainly can be one criticism Mm. um it does have a lot of issues though (laughs) yes 
I, I also have this note at this point. Um, does this movie end with Ben Affleck murdering everyone? Because <laughs> that's where I'm really He really does come across as like, you know, if this doesn't go just right, I'm going to kill every single one of you. <laughs> but not before we get um, a, uh, a screenwriting, uh, a script meeting, which would have been nice to have on this movie. And <laughs> <laughs> the introduction of Duda. God. No, before we get to that, because I have the note about the hired grandpa, let's talk about the assault he commits on the son with snowballs, and then James Gandolfini comes out and <laughs> returns in kind. Oh yeah, with ice balls. With ice balls. <laughs> Affleck's all bruised up and red when he comes in, we said no ice balls. He's like, oh, did we say that? Okay. <laughs> and he is one of the few times... Tony's having a really good time. I feel like they have to have... Because I think they have like a couple of moments where he kind of gets the upper hand. I feel like they need that because you need Affleck to be taken down a peg like a few times. Yes. And that's just one of those scenes, yeah. <laughs> I felt that uh, the script was a little self-serving towards Ben Affleck. I mean... <laughs> The, in script, the, in the, the script that he wrote in, in the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, the movie script? Are you sure? <laughs> and then we get to the hired grandpa. Yeah, Duda. Duda. Um, an interesting character. <laughs> yes, most definitely. A community theater actor who also apparently uh, likes to smoke pot. Yep. And uh, has a, well, actually, I don't want to give that part away yet, but there's another thing about him, too. Uh, two other things, I guess. Um, but, yeah, he just shows up, and, of course, Tony Soprano's like, uh, I, I didn't say he could stay here. What the what the hell's going on? This is not in the contract. And he's like, actually, it is part of it, so. No, he offers him an it. extra 20, oh, right, right, 25 right, right. grand or something. You're right. <laughs> so then they got a grand right and, and then they take duda out so they can go christmas shopping and they go to santa's village which is santa's southern village because it's in a trailer yeah that was weird <laughs> that's weird i thought they were either in a trailer or like one of those like uh fallout shelters no it was an airstream trailer and there's like a, a cadillac parked out in front of it so it's like it's like santa's a- alabama village and, and, again, they're in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> well, I might have come over from Indiana, so, I mean, because that's just right across the line. Okay. Hmm. It's still a little strange. I, I thought the setting of that was weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why not just have them go to the mall? Like, I don't know. Yeah, because the neighborhood that they live in doesn't look like it's, I don't want to say white trash, but white trash um so you know they they you think they'd be able to make it to a mall yeah and decent santa oh i forgot to mention that when duda is introduced tony soprano says get me the shovel <laughs> yes like, he's gonna <laughs> clock him this 80 year old man in the head it's an intruder in his house he's an old man <laughs> stand your ground brandon stand your ground oh god <laughs> Let's bring that law up here. Yeah, let's, yeah, not. Um, okay, uh, now, I may have been, now, this is a situation where I may have been looking too much into this, but I thought, you've seen A Fish Called Wanda? Yes. Okay. I thought there was a moment, because Ben Affleck almost gets hit by a car at this point, while they're oh, at Christmas shopping, and this guy's like... walks across the street. Yeah, doesn't look. Yeah. And this guy's like, 
asshole and it sounded very fish called wanda kevin <laughs> klein well you know it might, it might have been a, a, an homage to a better movie kevin klein was that you get at us on twitter uh, he's not getting at us on twitter i don't think he has anything <laughs> on social media <laughs> oh kevin klein what have you done um not a lot lately Ben Affleck also tries to feed a sugar cookie to a diabetic man. <laughs> yes. He gives, tries to give it to Duda. He's like, yeah, the real Duda was not diabetic, so that dog ain't gonna hunt. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, he's like, listen, if you give me that cookie, I won't be able to play alive or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, just eat it. It's fine. <laughs> So, okay, so I guess this is where, like, you were talking about Catherine O'Hara earlier, is uh, she feels inadequate. Yep. And this is definitely the scene where we get the big payoff to that, because Ben Affleck says, no, or Ben Affleck finds out from Tony Soprano that their marriage is in shambles. And yeah, they're, they're talking about splitting up. Talking about splitting up. Which, by the way, we should mention, too, at the same time, Brian, the son has been moved from the bedroom to the living room to the garage like (laughs) because of all these people showing up and he is straight up like gonna become a crazy person after this movie well he even makes he even makes reference to it later on they should do like a a surviving christmas 2 where it's just him murdering everyone (laughs) which just turns into silent night deadly night 6 yeah yeah do it I, I, I did really like the impassioned speech that, that Affleck gave to Catherine Hare in this in this portion where he's basically saying that she's beautiful and no one's told you that in a long time. But I, I couldn't help but notice um, the awesome WWF board games that the kid had in his room. I, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah, he had like the... I think he had the WrestleMania board game and um, I think there was like a WWF trivia game on the shelf in the background. Where was the scene with them playing WWF trivia? Oh my god, that would have been amazing! <laughs> <laughs> Just for 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, so he basically says, listen, you're gonna go get this photo shoot, you'll feel a lot better, it'll make you feel sexy, it'll make you feel, you know, beautiful Young and, and everything. invigorated, and yeah. Invigorated. And so she goes, so enter Udo Kier. The <laughs> weird photographer and his strange assistant. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic it's, the, that, it's one of my is, favorite parts of the movie this, just, is, this scene is odd <laughs> he's like you look so sexy and she does not look sexy at all oh no the way he's done her up she looks like a mess not in that first shot anyways yeah <laughs> he's got her on like a motorcycle and stuff and like spreading her legs like uh, over her head it's... I love they played Warren's cherry pie for the they photo sure shoot it was awesome <laughs> So, she does that, makes Tony Soprano notice her a bit more, um, and he says, "You look good." No, no, she does not. <laughs> she does not. Look it's good. funny she... because she doesn't look good at the first of the photo shoot. She doesn't look good at the end of the photo shoot when she comes back. There are several outfits that she wears during the photo shoot that she could have wore home, and he could have been like, "Yowza," because she yeah. actually did look good in a few of those. Oh, he also brought a new car. <laughs> yes or old uh, car but any he, he, he kind of yeah references that they should you know maybe get to get inside and give it a test drive if you know what right I mean. yes 
<laughs> because they're 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 kind of recapturing their their youthful um love for each other i guess yes. <laughs> thank goodness there was no sex scene in this movie <laughs> don't think i could have boom realest guy in the room <laughs> oh boy that would have been a, that would have been a difficult one um so so yeah so affleck's trying to c- connect with other members of the family now i think i think we pretty much get the sense that he has a bit of a thing for uh christina applegate yeah a little bit but it's he's still i don't know like the the girlfriend thing is still in his mind too because like i think he because the reason he kind of did this in the first place was because of something she said well so, what happened was okay it, we're we'll backtrack this 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 whole story because it takes like no time he does the the Fiji thing. She's like, no, uh, I'm spending time with my family. You should do the same thing. She takes mm-hmm. off. He gets his assistant to uh, right. order a Cartier bracelet for her. And he's like, yeah, uh, write something that's really heartfelt and emotional from my heart. But what do you want it to say? I don't know. You do it. You're better at it than I am. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's like, this will not work. Yeah. So he... He said that as a last ditch effort, but he hasn't heard back from her. So, as far as he's, for all intents and purposes, they're still broken up. Yeah, he doesn't think she'll do anything. Right. Let's go back to Duda's smoke break. <laughs> yes, because Duda has a joint. And, he's, he has uh... convinced Christina <laughs> Christina Applegate to uh, to go tobogganing. Oh, not Duda, Ben Affleck. <laughs> right. That would have been something. The movie, the rest of the movie, is about the blossoming romance between Christina Applegate and Duda. <laughs> oh, we know later she's not, that she's not middle aged enough for him. Exactly. I was going to say we know we'll know later that's not what Duda is into. Yeah. Um, so Ben, yeah, Ben Affleck takes Christina Applegate and the brother, but the brother takes off. Well, no, they go to a super underwhelming hill. Um, yeah. That he called Breakneck Hill. And uh, he's like, obviously, it was a lot scarier when I was a kid. Let's do this right. And he hires a helicopter to take them to a mountain um, where Brian makes a fantastic Sonny Bono reference. How does he know who that is? (laughs) Well, he he died skiing like in like the last year or two at that point. Yeah, but even even then, like, do you think Brian is like the target audience for a Sonny and Cher type thing? It's not a Sonny and Cher thing. It's a uh, it's a. Senator from Palm Springs. Thing. It's the same person. It is, but here's the here's the thing. He's not making this reference in regards to Sonny and Cher. Sonny Bono had died like in the last year or so, and it was like all over the news. And he died while skiing. He hit yeah. a tree. No, and I and I. That's the joke there. As no, flat I, as it I falls. know. I know that he. I I know that that's what he was referencing. It just it struck me as a little weird just the the age of the character and like what that <laughs> clearly like when does he when does he have time to google sonny bono is that between all the porn he's looking well at? he like, wouldn't have had a chance to google it he might have had a chance to web crawler it alta vista it or yahoo it did he ask jeeves he might have because it was 2004 and he does spend a lot of time on the internet so you know eventually you got to take a break as as dedicated to internet pornography as you might be, you, you, there's got to be some time where you have to rest up, and that's the perfect time to get caught up on the news cycle. Wait, are you talking about me or Brian? Uh, Brian. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so he does make a Sunny Bono joke. Um, 
And then, so Christina Applegate and Ben Affleck, uh, after much uh, convincing, decide to go tobogganing down this death hill. And <laughs> they play a song from Dumb and Dumber. Did you notice that? Was that the, a song the one from that's Dumb? like, he goes way too fast. That's what that. Uh, I knew I recognized it. I was like, I gotta look that song up because that sounds like some really uh, awesome late '90s girl punk. And and well, it would have been. I think it would have been like early '90s uh, for Dumb and Dumber. I suppose, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: in Dumb and Dumber, it's like a very similar scene because it's the song that plays when Jeff Daniels and like uh, Lauren Holly are having their kind of like their date mm. in the. Like at the ski resort, but that's I I here's I think they're doing it so they can hit that line. Slow down, you're gonna crash. Oh, for sure. It's just funny how it's a very similar situation. Yeah. Um, cub man, I gotta look that up. They could have died like <laughs> twelve times on the way down that hill. Well, yeah. <laughs> like there were so many trees. <laughs> just very carefully maneuvering their way around. Um. And then, of course, you know, their near-death experience on the toboggan bonds them, and they immediately fall in love. Which seemed really tacked on to me. Oh, yeah. You, you mean that didn't feel, like, genuine and kind of realistic? No, not in the least. Because <laughs> they almost kiss, but then, oh, Christine Applegate's got the sniffles. She's, she sneezes right in his face. Yeah, and he's like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then they both have, you know, tuberculosis. <laughs> Uh, it, it might be a common cold. I'd, it's never really stated. <laughs> I, I I think it's a common cold, but I like I like where you're going with it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of like you know they're being all cutesy with each other. Yep. Um. She tell. I think this is where she tells them about like her. Um. Maybe I don't know. Maybe this is when she, it, I think when, this no, she, when she was walking memory. home and she was like, it was it was special to her because he asked her about Christmas and what you know if there was any special moments that she remembers growing up. And then she talks about how when she was walking home one day and the the tree that had like it was like an ice storm tree, like it was all frozen. She felt like an ice princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> well, and I I wrote this down. I just thought it was funny, just based on you know. Um, she calls it a magical crystal palace, and I just pictured like you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> crystal that, palace that closed amusement park in Moncton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That's out for all our local listeners out there. The <laughs> Crystal Palace amusement park in Moncton and Dieppe. Um, is that the only? Is that the only one though? I thought it was like in other places. No, there's other places too, but there, it's not an affiliation. It's not like a chain or something like that. Okay. Were you? Off put by the amount of soundstage work that was done in this movie. <laughs> there, there appeared to be a lot. A lot, indeed. Yeah. Are you referring to like all the interior scenes in the house? Not only just that, uh, that that scene in the park that's coming up that yes. he tries to recreate. That's a soundstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the parts uh, at the end where they have their kind of back and forth in, in what's supposed to be the outdoors, and it's clearly the indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any it, it it it's there was it was a lot. There was a lot of soundstage work done in this movie, and it was really quite noticeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say so. So you mentioned the frozen tree memory that she tells him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells Affleck. So he tries to recreate that for her. Yes. <clears throat> now, first and of all, he says it from beautiful to tacky in two point five seconds. 
Right, and like I know we can't see those people outside of the frame getting ready to move in, but how does she not see them? <laughs> An excellent point. <laughs> I, I just they thought, were like... off in the wings on the soundstage that they were on because that was clearly a soundstage shot. Oh, a hundred percent. But guys, if you could, if you haven't seen the movie, it literally they are just outside the frame. She sees the beautiful tree with ice, uh, entirely iced over. And then they literally come into frame in two seconds, uh, this big elaborate song and dance uh, dealio. Yes. And he definitely goes over the top, but I still don't know how she didn't see them outside. <laughs> hey, uh, it's kind of weird that all those people are just standing there waiting. That's not got anything to do with what you're about to show me, is it? <laughs> flash mob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, who knew a flash mob would show up here? Um... Uh, I wrote, I don't know why I wrote this down. Oh, just that uh, at one point, Brian is on his computer and it just says naked Asian massage therapist. Well, this is when Dirty Grandpa shows up. <gasps> okay. Because he's this... checking out his stuff and he's like, hey, hey Brian, we're, what are you looking at there? <laughs> this scene, even before the reveal, this scene is disturbing. Yes, because <laughs> the, the guy is like, he's super old and he's like, hey, let me watch porn with you. <laughs> yeah. So Duda comes in Brian's room while he's looking at porn. But I don't know why Brian just doesn't turn off the monitor. Yes, because it was just a simple click of the button away. Yeah, it's it's funny. Or it's a stupid... control alt delete lock. Yeah, it's a dumb movie. Thing. Windows symbol L. <laughs> okay, just a Windows symbol and then L. That's it. Locks the screen. It's I it's a just... it's a really dumb movie thing where like. Someone will bust in, and then suddenly there'll be like twenty ads, or like they won't know how to do it, or like they they frantically press keys, but nothing works. Like, yeah, that's not what happens. <laughs> Again, I don't feel that directors know how things work sometimes. Hey, uh, I made a uh, Deuce Bigelow. We didn't have any computers in that one, so <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one, guys. <laughs> so uh, Brian is more than glad to watch porn with Duda. Yeah, middle-aged hotties like, is what well, Duda no, requests. Well, no, because he's like, what are you into, essentially? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, middle-aged hotties. Uh, is it, what do they say? Old enough to know what they're doing, still young enough to want to do it. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that scene is very problematic. <laughs> and becomes even more so. Yeah. Because... They find a picture of Catherine O'Hara from the photo shoot. Finn. Fantastic. On a porn site. Doing the V for victory. Yes. With her legs. <laughs> oh, oh, Do you goodness. find they they spend a lot of time from na- from this point to the reveal later when the rest of the family shows up? Like I I know that Brian, you're supposed to believe he's like mortified and stuff, but I think I would have said something quicker. I think he's supposed to be that he's just so broken, but this goes back to the be- goes back to one of my notes here. Uh, not only does Duda get a, a, a line in, dude, it's your mom. <laughs> Everything else really, from this point on, feels real sitcom-y. Yes. Like, yes. There's like, literally like a Three's Company thing happening later. I really, like the whole time, I, I'm waiting for the laugh track. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like if you watch if you watch one of those videos where people have uh, edited sitcom scenes in the sitcom and taken out the laugh track. Like it's that awkward sometimes. Yes, um, <laughs> and then we get it. We get it. Was it we get in a, a chance to meet Missy and her 
folks real quick. Oh yeah, her lovely parents. They seem like the worst, don't they? Oh lord, I don't even like. I mean, she is worse than he is, but I mean, he's not a whole lot better. (laughs) And what is up with her hair? Missy's hair? Yes, she looks like a conehead. (laughs) Um. Oh, I read who the actress is too. Um. Apparently, she played like Kirk's mom in something, like Captain Kirk's mom. It would have to be. The, it was obviously a flashback, but like the, the the Chris Pine. It must have been Star Trek. Had to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't honestly. I don't remember. Um, so she was married to Lee and Hemsworth. At least she in, was in, in the movie. Something else to like fairly or, well known. But anyway, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, this this actress was married to him in a movie. In a movie. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> Chris Hemsworth is Chris Pine's dad. <laughs> You, in a, I am so confused. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm already confused. There's already too many Chris's. <laughs> well, can you imagine if Chris Evans had shown up? Oh, I will. Okay. Side note. I will literally, I literally don't know when it's Chris Pine or Chris Evans. Really? Like I will think back to a movie and be like, Oh, have you seen that movie? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I actually said to someone, yeah, Wonder Woman. Uh, Chris Evans was really good in it. Like, I have no idea. I it's can't. Chris Pine. I can't tell them <laughs> apart. Here's an here's an easy way. Um, if it looks like, uh, or if you're remembering it, like it could have been Zach from Saved by the Bell. It was Chris Pine. See, I don't remember Saved by the Bell enough to have <laughs> that help me. You know, Mark Paul Gossler is though. Uh, oh my god, Brandon, what is wrong with you? I'm sorry. What were somebody you thinking? somebody please I know. Somebody please help me. Somebody tell me who Chris Pine is. <laughs> the, uh, wait, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Just because the the Chris, Can you imagine if uh, if uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, Chris Evans and Chris Pratt were all in the same movie? I would die. <laughs> I I can tell I have no problem telling Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt apart or or them from like any of the other Chris's but Chris <laughs> Pine and Chris Evans I just I can't do it I don't know why I don't understand like because they I I know right away as soon as I see him I I, I without a, to, to risk sounding uh you know uh, slightly on the other side of the fence uh Chris Pine oh my goodness that that the, the blue steel right down the right down the barrel every time he looks into the camera that guy yeah you know he's got the eyes of oh my goodness i'm gonna i I gotta stop (laughs) nathan is revealing more about himself than he thought he would today as we've done it before um yeah so again guys i have no clue (laughs) i can tell you the only thing i can i can most assuredly tell you is that chris evans was in the disney fantastic four and that Chris Pine was in Into the Woods. But if I wouldn't have, like, read that before I saw the movies, I <laughs> wouldn't have had a single clue. <laughs> there you go. Uh, where were we? <laughs> uh, I believe we I got that. everything was how... a sitcom. Missy's uh, uh, hair. What is up with her hair? She looks like a conehead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. It's a wild. That is a wild do. Well, we don't get a really a whole lot of chance to uh, ponder what's going on with her hair because Doodah's understudy shows up, and, and he's, he's black. Yeah. 
Or, or as Ben Affleck says, is he a black? <laughs> Was that a line? I did not I'm catch pretty, that one. I'm pretty sure he said, is he a uh, black? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, what, what, well, let's talk about what leads to this too, because Missy, um, actually loves the bracelet that she got from earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she's, she calls, but she calls, uh, Affleck at the house because, you know, his assistant told her where he was and everything because he told his assistant, yeah, I'm with my family. So she just assumed, oh, he's with his family. Okay. Um, yeah. and she, and Missy is like, I'm right outside. I'm coming well, in to, to hang out with you and your family. That's where I know the, where it switches over from a movie to a sitcom. Right. That's a very sitcom like, thing to do. He's like, oh God, we got to pretend you're my real family. Yep. Mm-hmm. After he's already told them that he's done, because he's upset about how you know um, Christina Applegate thought that earlier thing was really tacky, and she didn't really want to talk to him anymore. So he's done. He's ready to give them their money. That happens, and he's like, "Okay, never mind. Here's more money. Please pretend to be my family still." <laughs> so Enter, do does understudy. Exactly. Well, is okay. So Missy's and their family come in, um, and yeah, the do does understudy comes in. Uh, Missy's mom makes a fantastic comment about their tree reminding her of uh, Mexicans. <laughs> I missed that one. Oh my god, she's like, it's 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 really it's 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 loud and and but in a good way and, and, and but you know tacky and bright and right like uh like this time uh when we were in Mexico and the, and they were they were doing up their Christmas tree words to that effect. Oh, she's yes, essentially yes, okay. saying that your tree is tacky and, and loud, uh, but trying to make it sound like it, in in a good way. And also, know? I'm vaguely racist. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay, and then and then yeah, this was where uh, Duda's understudy comes in, which the uh, uh, soprano <laughs> Tony Soprano sees the understudy at the door and then closes it quickly and wants to tell like Affleck about. <laughs> the fact that he's black guy obviously because it's gonna yes. it's gonna look odd but he doesn't tell him like he just just like, could have easily said listen it's a black I mean, guy yeah it's probably not good it's probably gonna look weird because <laughs> we're all of us <laughs> it, are white. Gets, it gets weirder yeah. <laughs> are you referring to when they go upstairs or i know i'm more referring to the fact that oh. um he's getting kind of handsy yeah, with <laughs> Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, who's I guess supposed to be his daughter. And even if we're uh, operating under the assumption that they're believing that, you know, uh that's his daughter in, you know, some sort of stepfather adoptive kind of way, it's still really gross and creepy. It, yeah, it's pretty damn creepy. We also get um Catherine <laughs> they want to see baby pictures. So Catherine O'Hara hands over a picture of her daughter in the bathtub says it's Ben Affleck he says it's him and they say well where's your dingle they actually use the word dingle yeah so long as it's stuck it back oh just like it like you said sitcom because like no one in the real world would believe any of this no one in the real world would say that no no one would say dingle I have okay I will Uh, challenge anyone out there Hold on. I, I, yeah, I would. I, I, you, you I may, believe you that. May have said, you may have said Dingle, and I'm sure you say Dingle, but I would challenge anyone out there in a, in a family setting <laughs> to use the word you Dingle. Ever use the word Dingle. <laughs> uh, 
Prove me wrong. Uh, we have a get we get then we get a very shouty Christmas, where because everybody starts arguing, and it's revealed that like <laughs> and Christina Aguilera were making out in the in the kitchen. Did you say Christina Aguilera? Sorry, Christina Applegate. <laughs> and then Pink is off to the side, going, "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, oh, stop it." <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so she shows back up. Yeah, and they start making out. Yeah. Um, well, no, because then, that's already happened. Yes. And but this is the part where everything kind of starts to break down because he says to Christina Applegate, "You need to pretend to be my sister," and she starts kind of needling him in the way that she's like, "Oh my God, I've heard so much about you. You, you're such a liar. She is totally not fat." <laughs> and this and, is also after she sees him kiss Missy too, though. And this is why she's doing that. Yeah. Because she's upset now because she thought, oh, he's changed. No, he hasn't. Oh, he's changed. No, he hasn't. Exactly. Sitcom again. Yeah. And um, this is where we get the really shouty back and forth stuff where um, he's like, uh, they, they reveal that <laughs> they kind of made out. Um, and they're like, and to, to draw attention away from all this, she's like, let me take you on a tour. Christy, uh, sorry, Catherine O'Hara's like, let me take you on a tour. And they go off to aid, uh, AJ's room, Brian's room. It's basically AJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. More mom porn. <laughs> yeah, she's still <laughs> on his screen. He's been staring at it the whole time. We've been watching all this other stuff happen. <laughs> he hasn't moved because he's broken. He even was, for a comically, a... even for a comically catatonic scene, it that is a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, man. So everyone's obviously freaking out, uh, especially Tony Soprano, who says, listen, I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the hotel or whatever. I'm going to go to the Winter Lodge or whatever he says. I, I, I can't stay. I can't stand here. Who gave you that dumb idea? Travel Lodge. It was yeah, Travel Lodge. Go... <laughs> also, going back to that, why did Affleck send her to photographers that were that that were skeevy like that? Well, here's the thing. He didn't know that. He just thought he was one of the, the, the top uh, fashion model photographers in Chicago, but you don't think he knew that they operated like a porn website? Yeah, he's he's in ads. I mean, he he, uh, he might not have uh, the the photographer might have not even operated that. He might have just sold it because that's the sort of thing that happens um, with photographers. They sell their photos to third party. Yeah. So you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let's do that then. And uh, Brian just smashes his computer. Yeah, that's another genuine laugh, I think, from me. Because he just smashes it and says, there's some things that can't be on scene. Yep. <laughs> and that's the payoff to him having a computer the whole movie. <laughs> Is that eventually he just destroys it. Yeah. So, man, this this opens the floodgates. The Missy's parents now start going at it. Um, not going at it, but start arguing. <laughs> Right, and he. We dad, find out that the yeah. you get off your high horse. Yeah, and also we find out that's not even Missy's father. No, because he's like, yeah, you tricked me. You got knocked up by Skippy Up Shelter. God tricked me into marrying you. What was the name he said? Skippy Up Sheller. Skippy Up Sheller. Yep. That you know what? I'm gonna make a note of that because. <laughs> 
Come August. <laughs> That's going to the Manos handouts. <laughs> yeah. Not even a, a character in the movie, just a character named in the movie. Skippy Upsheller. That's insane. And we, and we get an awesome line from Duda's understudy where he's like, man, Yuletide is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And and like and when they start mentioning the incest thing, because they think they think Affleck obviously making out with Christina Applegate is incest because they think it's a sister. The mm-hmm. the understudy is like, all right, <laughs> starts moving closer to Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, it's uh, strange. Why is Duda not there? Because his play uh, is not that night. Well, he's the understudy. Yeah. But his play is his play is that night. I mean, Brendan. I mean, if it's a community theater, they're gonna run a few nights. They're not gonna just run one night. Is that true? I don't know. Yeah, you get like usually you get anywhere from a you know a four or five day run on a a weekend to up to a, you know a full two weeks possibly depending on you know the kind of uh, arts support you have in the community. Okay, follow-up question. Why didn't Affleck check to see who the understudy was? <laughs> because we switched from film to sitcom mode. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, but we do get we do get uh, his, his real story. Why now. did I write down, this whole thing takes an even darker turn with the dead family thing? Well, because he talks about his, like, his real oh, yes. story. Right. Where he talks about how his dad left them when he was young... And his mom had to work, like, shifts on Christmas, so they never really had Christmas. Uh, he would just maybe go down to the diner and um, while she was working, and she'd give him pancakes. And uh, he'd spend Christmas in a diner because she was more than glad to pick up the money so they could, you know, get by and live. Um, and that's why he's never, ever gone to uh, a cafe since. Yeah, and... Yeah, and um... And then he's, he's, yeah, he's like, I have this fear of diners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely a tonal shift, which, you know, this is like the third or fourth one at this point. Uh, but this is where you get that really maudlin, very typical Christmas movie character reveal. Yeah. And this was the part I was, I was talking about. I, I feel like stuff like this, it's a real cop out. And he could have, like, honestly, again, if he was looking to take his, girlfriend to Fiji for Christmas this is something that should have been covered uh, in the relationship previously yeah <laughs> so. yeah it's 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 hard to get behind them too like in general yeah um, so everybody goes their separate ways defeated yeah. and um, shamed uh, Affleck goes back to Chicago watches the Mr. Magoo Christmas special and um, as one does yes as one does and uh, Tony Soprano shows up because you owe me money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, you haven't paid me yet. And he's like, yeah. oh, right, 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 right. Now, this sets up one of the most, one of the biggest plot conveniences I think I've ever seen. Well, it is. And it and I've, again, we're, we're talking again about a, a salad of writers Yeah. Uh, when you get down to it. But they do have some, there's a good exchange here because... Like if this was supposed to be a, a learn your lesson, redeemable people type movie from the get go, this whole scene uh, even before would have made sense, because he uh, he says something along the lines of, um, "I'm you know, you're he's they're leaving like they're they're still gonna get their divorce," 
and right. uh, he's like, "Let's." It's it's funny. I I you know I paid you, I'm paying you money uh, to be part of your family, and you're you're leaving it all behind or leaving it you know throwing it all away, mm-hmm. which is an excellent little scene for a movie that is supposed to build to something like that. The unfortunate thing is that there's so shallow sometimes the characters are so two-dimensional and uh, awful that it shouldn't be leading to that it should just be leading to a, a, a bad santa type ending mm-hmm. you know yeah it's it, it like it's it's just very like uh, it, it feels very just pile it all on in one yep. scene so they all go to the play so they can yes. wrap everything up in one place <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's the thing. Like, I would have maybe been more accepting of, like, the, the a big Christmas tree lighting ceremony or something. But this community theater play is, like, the hot ticket in town. Like, every single person is there on yep. Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Instead of being with their family, they're watching this probably not great play. That's a Christmas carol. <laughs> I mean, yeah. At least the but source I mean, material is good. You, you see, the, well, there is also they show up and he says, "Hey, he's not bad." And James gonna be he's like, "Well, he's not good either." He's not that good, no. <laughs> or Statler and Waldorf when you need them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I did like <laughs> the exchange between um, Gandolfini and, and Catherine O'Hara, uh, where he's like, "He's like, I don't want to go," and she's like, "Well, then don't go." Well, fine, I'm not going. All right, then don't go. I have a note here. This is Irish marriage counseling. <laughs> I am like I can feel the the chemistry between them in that scene. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's basically how they make up. And then Brian uh, has the hots for a uh, a female of the Asian persuasion, of course, and which is a little disturbing because of what he was looking at earlier. <laughs> Which is actually kind of on the nose, considering what he was looking at earlier. Yes, but also like, oh, Brian, uh, Brian's not gonna, <laughs> Brian's not gonna know what to do. She has clothes on. Well, you know, it's 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 a, it's a new time in his life. This is and, and this is also the only scene Affleck where Ben helps Affleck him helps get him. hooked up. Yes, yeah. exactly. He helps him get hooked up. He really doesn't give a, a like a solid shit about him for the rest of the movie. But at this one scene. This is like his redeeming thing. He's even he's like the first person he pelts with snowballs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He tortures this kid. And of course we get the we get we gotta have everyone get back together, so we gotta have uh Affleck get, get together with Christina Applegate. I've a I've an excellent note here, uh, a review from Patty, uh from when we were watching this. Yeah. Huh. He's got a butt chin. <laughs> Affleck does? Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, he does. His he does chin, have that his chin, chin looks like a butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, so they make up and just make out super hard in front of the community theater, just in and time Missy. for Missy and her family yeah. to roll by and see for some reason. Why are they still yeah. in town? I don't know. Well, yeah, they've just been like circling the block because the debacle happened the night before. That's he true. has time to go back to Chicago. $72.50 later, back to Chicago, sit down and watch the Magoo Christmas special. Gandolfini has time to take 
$2.50 and go to Chicago and say, yo, me money. I'm hoping Gandolfini drove himself. <laughs> He's not as stupid as with, Affleck's well, character. Well, that sweet car, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I never even thought about that. Because yeah, that is the next day. Why would they, would they, did they just stay in at the travel lodge too? Like, Not those people. <laughs> no. Like, did they, maybe Missy was like, well, I'll give it one more go. Maybe they also <laughs> were going to go to Duda's play. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They got there really late. They wanted the, this is... uh, the balcony seats. Yeah, this is their I never moment uh, from the mother. <laughs> and the dad's like, all right. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Because for all yeah, intents and incest. purposes, he, they right still on. think they're related. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's disturbing. Oh, and it all ends up in a cafe because Ben Affleck overcomes his dread of cafes and And i actually had to i i read about that after because i didn't even clue into that 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 was him conquering his fear of diners i was just like oh they're a diner pool the end (laughs) (laughs) but did you notice that uh, that brian's there with his his new girlfriend oh yes the counter in the background and that didn't take long at all did it not at all so on christmas day i know we just met but i'm a guy you're a girl come with me and my fake family to (laughs) this my real my real family and my fake brother yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I think... Was Duda there? I didn't notice. Okay. I really didn't, but yeah, I think that's... Duda was probably soaking in the adulation after that play. So there, we survived surviving Christmas, Brendan. Hey, we're just going to take a quick break from the action. We'll be right back. What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. Oh man, all these wrestling news sites are terrible. What's the matter, young lad? Ah, Mother Superior! No, don't hit me! Uh, I I mean, I I can't find a good wrestling news site. A good wrestling news site? What's... What's so good about a good wrestling news site anyway? Well, I just need a place where I could get all the, the backstage news and rumors and scoop. All right. Don't hit me. I listen. left the orphanage a while ago. All right, listen, Billy's younger brother. I'm not going to hit you this time. Oh, thank you. But I will tell you about a great wrestling news site. Okay. It's, it's, it's not terrible like the last one, right? It's not terrible like the last one. It's called WrestlingNewsWorld.com. You can get all the latest wrestling news, spoilers, results, all the news from all over the wrestling world. That sounds great. No, yeah. it, yes, but you know what? what? It's not going to sound great if you still if you keep up with that mouth of yours. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, again, I left the orphanage a while ago. Uh, if you don't leave, I'm going to tell my parents. I have legal precedent over thirty-seven states. Get back here! No! Oh, stop hitting me! Oh! WrestlingNewsWorld.com What were they thinking? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Hmm? It's an attempt S- at something. Uh, flourish uh, to celebrate our surviving, surviving Christmas. 
Okay. <laughs> you get two flourishes for the price of one. Uh, all right. We did really. survive. Yes. We did it. Hoy. Um. So <laughs> that was surviving Christmas. So I guess now, if you're ready, it's time for us to uh, sum sum this up. With uh, with about seventeen low, syllables. Right. A low haiku. A uh, low haiku. Yes. A low haiku. All right, well... Uh, Stay tuned for after the show when uh, Garrison Keeler will be brought to... <laughs> well, I, I don't know if... Uh, I, I don't think we can uh, hire him anymore. <laughs> what? Yeah, you didn't hear that? Oh, my God! Yeah, he's he's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing. We've discussed this before and how we were like, well, we'll just have to give it some time. Maybe a year or two. At the rate that this list is gro- growing, we're going to have to be like, eh, two months, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do all animated movies with no celebrity voices. <laughs> and just shitty dubbers who had nothing better to do live in the Midwest. Well, <laughs> I guess you're going to be happy because I guess we're doing a year of Gamera movies. All right. Oh, shit. Gamera just uh, was accused by Gauss. God God damn it. (laughs) All right. So it is time, of course, for Low Haiku. Yes. Did you want to... Did you you still need some time or are you ready? No, I'll I'll go. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Surviving Christmas. Ben is the worst and the best. Don't know why I'll hate. <laughs> there you go. Sums up your thoughts on surviving Christmas. Yep. All right. <clears throat> this movie is mean. Everyone is horrible. Ben, apologize. All valid points. <laughs> and by horrible, I mean their characters, of course. Yes. Because they're all fairly decent as acting in the movie. Uh, guys, if you don't uh, believe us, you don't have to. Don't take our word for it. Don't take our word for it! No, but, you know, you could, but don't. Because there's lots of evidence that a lot of people hated this movie. This is one of our lower-rated movies. It's not the lowest. 7% with critics, 20% with audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll just, if you don't mind, I'll read the consensus. Okay. Um, I don't know if this, I hope this wasn't the review you were going to read, but it says, Surviving Christmas is unpleasant characters attacking each other for 90 minutes before delivering a typical hollow anti-consumerist message. No, actually, the first one that I was going to read is, Surviving Christmas is about as funny as a rubber crutch for Tiny Tim. It's not. It's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> that is. And who is that from? Uh, that is from Peter Howell from the Toronto Star. <laughs> this is a good one from Eric Lundegaard of the Seattle Times. There's a lot to not buy in Surviving Christmas. I recommend not buying. Okay. <laughs> there are some um, harsh, harsh, harsh reviews on here. Y- 
Yep, uh, Eric LaSalle from the San Francisco, oh, sorry, Mick LaSalle, rather, from the San Francisco Chronicle says, maybe the worst thing that can be said for surviving Christmas is that it doesn't succeed even on its humble level of aspiration. Oof. Um, David Germain from the Associated Press says, The movie is dead from the outset, given the artificiality of the premise about a lonely rich guy who hires the folks living in his boyhood home to be his family for the holidays. Uh, Joshua Stearns, Surviving Christmas is a mediocre 90-minute sitcom. If you're looking for wit and humor, stay away. My last negative one I'll read because I will try to find a positive one here. <laughs> but my last negative one is uh, peak on earth and ill will <laughs> toward men permeate this mirthless comedy. That's from J.R. Jones of the Chicago Reader. Yeah. It is um, hard to find a positive review. <laughs> I'm looking and there is nothing coming back. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, oh, oh, I got I got a glowing one here. Do you? Oh dear. Yeah, from from Tyler Hanley of Palo Alto Weekly. <laughs> okay. It's a major publication. Um, this is a positive review. Keep in mind, Yuletide cheer gets a kick in the shins with this funny but forced cinematic Christmas present. <laughs> I think that's really about as much as you can hope for. Yeah. Um. There's one that like praises Ben Affleck, but this is I mean... weird. This is a negative one, but it's it's uh, Vince Kohler from Entertainment Spectrum says it was fun to see an early Christmas comedy. <laughs> Wait, what? It was fun to see an early Christmas comedy, and that's a negative review, and that's the that's the quote they pulled. It's a from negative. It? Yeah, I do have one. Okay, this is this one actually has the tomato next to it. Okay, uh, from Betty Joe Tucker, Real Talk Movie News. Uh, ben Affleck delivers a surprisingly on-target performance as a man who thinks money and grandiose gestures are the answer to everything. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah. All right, I'll just do one more. This is a this is a negative one, but I saw it when I was looking through it, and it just made me laugh. Uh, it's it's from Eugene Novikov of Film Blather. We're really scraping the barrel here. Uh, <laughs> what the film seems to find amusing is at best uncomfortable and at worst a little scary okay uh, he gave it an F this is this is <laughs> this is a real quick one it's my last one okay. it's a negative right. one from Susan Granger uh, from uh, modamag.com and it's a I, I saw it and I had to say it you'll be sorry Oh. It's spelled Y-U-L-E. I know it is. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, yeah. good for you, Susan. Yeah. To hell with you, Susan. Um, <laughs> well, that was Surviving Christmas. Those yes. were the reviews. That was the uh, the low haikus. And now, the, how about some uh, some plugs? The plugs, yes. Well, let's uh, talk about your, your good friend. Yes, uh, my good friend Montrose Monking to the Third Esquire. Uh, you can check him out on Facebook um, at Montrose Monking to the Third Esquire and Friends. Uh, he also is on YouTube with Montrose Monkington TV. You can follow him on Twitter at Montrose the Third. That's number three RD. Um, and he's on Twitter. Uh, there is going to be a Christmas special 
from Montrose, uh, forthcoming. Uh, there was actually just recently he covered the CFL, the Canadian Football League version of the Super Bowl, which is the Grey Cup, uh, which was pretty entertaining. And uh, we've already got uh, the best public domain cartoons money can buy, or, you know, not buy because it's public domain, lined up for Montrose's Christmas special. So check them out, Montrose Muckington Third Esquire. Thank you. More later. And don't forget, you have a verbal commitment from a former guest of ours. Oh, yes. I, I need to get in <laughs> touch with him. <laughs> it was said on the air. He can't back out. Um, can't back out now. No. <laughs> you can also follow us, obviously, uh, What Were They Thinking Podcast uh, at WWTT Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Well, <clears throat> we're on Facebook at uh, What Were They Thinking. Um and you obviously all the, all the pod chasers around iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, Podomatic. Uh, actually, I don't think we're on Podomatic. I just made that up. <laughs> we're on. Uh, uh, did I say YouTube? Al Jazeera. Yeah, Al Jazeera. Actually, yeah. We're uh, speaking of Christmas specials. We're actually doing a big Christmas special on Al Jazeera this year. So be sure to check that out. <laughs> oh, the the guests, the celebrities that are going to be there. <laughs> We pulled a lot of strings, guys. So a lot of strings. Be sure you tune in uh, to our Christmas special on Al Jazeera, uh, February 28th <laughs> at 3 a.m. <laughs> it's going to be there a we, There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that's it. So I guess I just have uh, I guess I you just got questions? have one question. I have a, Do I you, have a couple. You have a question? Well, you know, fire away, my friend. Well, all right. I mean, in a movie mm-hmm. where Ben Affleck is a straight-up psychopath. Right. And in a movie that doesn't think anything's out of the ordinary when an old man and a teenage boy look at porn together. Correct. And in a movie where it, tons of improv, but you're not giving much of that to the only person trained in improv Mm -hmm. and in a movie with some of the biggest plot conveniences of all time oh don't forget the writer's salad brendan (laughs) yes and yeah the writer's salad obviously had a lot to do with that Mm -hmm. and then a movie with a christmas movie with incestuous overtones that was released in October. That was released in October. Mm-hmm. I just gotta know. What's that, my friend? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Hey, it's Brendan again here from the uh, What Were They Thinking podcast. Obviously, you should know it's me by now. Um, so because of our schedule switch around, uh, we didn't do the clue, obviously, this episode. So I thought I'd pipe in and give you guys the clue for our next movie. Um, and here it is. Our next movie is a sequel to a movie that we covered on this show. And that's it. See you next week. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad-libbing. <laughs> and you're listening to... High, High Expectations. Expectations! The promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies... 
banter and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay! Please subscribe. Goodbye! Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie up, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popping.com, all of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the Defenders, uh. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. Come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. It's late, it's time. Let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy at eilfm.podbean.com. Hi, I'm Phil. <laughs> oh, did someone just did someone just sign off of AOL? I'm Paul. I really don't have a lot on this. <laughs> oh my god, this is this is rolling off the rails real quick. And I'm Dennis. Dude, I, I am so guys. mixed up today. Just don't even listen to me anymore. And together we are. Voltron. Well, no, not Voltron. We are Useless Debates in Pop Culture, a weekly... Or we at least try to be. ...podcast that allows you to pick the winner. <laughs> ding, ding. ding. By no means the a The internet lamp. strikes again. Yeah, for sure. We, we'll debate anything. So if you want to hear debates on such useless topics as best Val Kilmer role... Tombstone, Tombstone, or best movie soundtrack... American Graffiti, or the most successful former boy band member... JT. Then tune into our show. Your podcast is so well named... <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. And our website, uselessdebate.com. All right, there we go. Thank God. <laughs> Hi, I'm Noelle Heil, the host and creator of Heil on Life, the podcast where I talk one-on-one with people who inspire me. My guests come from all walks of life different jobs and careers, and they all have different motivations that have helped them throughout their lives. I find their stories fascinating and hope that you will too. To learn more, find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and Libsyn. And remember, we may have similar stories, but our journeys are all our own.